Hello, I'm Emma, and I've eaten so much over Christmas, I can no longer do up my jeans. Hello, I think I'm Verity, but Emma, I need you to confirm that, because my phone face recognition refuses to. Thanks, cheese. I'm pretty sure it's you, Verity. I'm almost 90% sure that this is the Shocklist. All right, buckle up, Shocklisters, because <laughs> we have a bumper edition of the Shocklist for you. Ah, review of the year time. We're going to go through the year month by month with a story for each. And if you're very, very, very good. Very good. Emma will give you a poem. Or maybe if you're very, very, very bad, you will be punished by Emma's poem. Right, what happened in January, Emma? Teeny tiny little book, just a mere thousand pages, came out, (laughs) written by somebody you may or may not have heard of, goes by the name of Prince Harry. (gasps) Formerly known as Prince Harry. Harry of Montecito. the book called it was called spare verity right it was called spared now the book is called spare because prince william is the heir which meant harry is the spare (gasps) now i am an heir Mm. my sister sarah cork Mm. is a spare Mm. she doesn't make nearly so much fuss about it as prince (laughs) harry does she's really quite good about it (laughs) prince harry as we now know, has guarded his privacy and his right to privacy Mm -hmm. really fiercely. Mm. Prince Harry is entitled to a private life. Prince Harry has said that. He's sued newspapers over it. Mm. He's determined to have a private life. Yes. Why then, oh why, does he, first with an Oprah interview, then the Netflix six-parter, then this bloody great book yeah. invade not his own privacy, mm. Mm. but the privacy of pretty much anyone he has ever come into contact <laughs> with. His wife's privacy, uh-huh. his family's privacy, uh-huh. his friend's privacy, uh-huh. the British Army's privacy, <laughs> Courtney Cox's privacy. <laughs> he invaded the privacy of the lady who took his virginity in a field behind a pub that wasn't gallant was it it was not gallant mm. she rode him like a stallion <laughs> oh let's begin where the story starts mm. so the story starts um in a world post this very damning oprah interview mm. where as you know they talked about royal racism and with the full and certain knowledge within the entire world that this netflix documentary was coming out mm-hmm. Prince Harry demands a meeting of his brother and his father Mm. uh, when he's over in the UK Mm. because he wants an apology for the way he has been treated. Okay. He asks for this apology Mm. at Prince Philip's funeral. You know, it's brilliant, isn't it? You know, while his dad is burying his dad, you know... I'm demanding this meeting. You must apologise for the awful sins against me. Yeah, I can think that he could have timed that a bit better. I would have thought. Mm. I mean, that's just, that's how it starts. But the greatness of this book lies in the detail. Mm. If you can be bothered to wade through all the whinging, (laughs) as I have done for you, no need to thank me. It was my pleasure. Okay. There are some fun tidbits to be had. Go on, what did we learn? So what did we learn? My, one of my favourite bits is that once while he was in California, mm-hmm. he went to Courtney Cox's house. Oh, cool. I know, really cool, right? Yeah. And opened the fridge and he found some magic mushrooms. Oh my God. Which he took. Right. And locked himself in her bathroom <laughs> where he started hallucinating that her pedal bin was talking to him. <laughs> Like a muppet comes up and down. I tried that this morning and I got out of the shower. I was doing it again. I was being chatty with my pedal bin. I hadn't taken mushrooms though. I was in a slight Christmas cake hallucinatory phase. Love it. Isn't that brilliant? Okay. This, I like him more now. But not only that, Verity. Mm. You know, remember when he dressed as a Nazi? Kate yep. and William told him to do that. This is all stuff we learnt in Spare in January. Wait a minute. So Kate and William told him to do that? Kate and William told him to dress as a Nazi. It'll be fine. It'll be funny. They might have said that. I mean, they might have said that. That could be true. My favourite thing. Go on. Is that the night before William's wedding to Mm. Kate, Mm. 
uh, when Harry was best man, and or he not, looked, as it turned out. Oh, he looked. He didn't. He didn't look comfortable at that wedding. Right. Did, I remember, he, remember? Looked he looked very dashing. I remember he looked very handsome. He yeah. looked dashing. Yeah. But he didn't look comfortable. Right. Now we know why. I assumed he had the mother of all hangovers. <laughs> He'd just been to the North Pole, as right. you do. Yeah. And had come back with a frostbitten penis. <laughs> How do you manage that? Well, I don't, do you think he got it out at the North Pole? <laughs> we got hey, it. Lads, here's a photo. <laughs> That sounds like Harry. That sounds more like the Harry that we know. I don't know. Let's wiggle it. I'll do my name in the snow. I'll do a piss in the snow. (laughs) He got a frostbitten willy. He got a frostbitten willy. Well. He got a frostbitten willy. That must And somebody told him, Mm. and he believed them, that if he used Elizabeth Arden eight-hour cream on the frostbitten willy, it would get better. He put this in the book. He put this in the book. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, of all the stories that have been written about him, <laughs> invading your own bloody privacy with stories like that, what was he thinking? Oh, I don't know. I think the detail that really freaked me out about that when I heard it was that he put his mother in the room. So he he said he was told to use this cream yeah. and his mum had always used it. So he located some, yeah. and when he opened it, yeah. the smell of it brought back all the memories of his mum while he's standing there with his frostbitten <laughs> dick out. <laughs> why, why say that, love? Harry, love? I mean, like, seriously, say that you needed some eight-hour cream for your face and it brought back all the memories of your mother, and we'd all go, oh, do you remember? Oh, he really loved his mum. But now I'm thinking about you and your purple willy <laughs> and the ghost of your mother. It's been all scabby, just, wasn't it? Doesn't oh. frostbite make it go all scabby? Oh, goodness me. I just heard, just honestly, I'm left with this <laughs> mental image of Prince Harry at the North Pole with veterans, because that was the expedition going, I know what's going to be really funny. I'll tell you I'm going to get it. I'm going to get me Todger out. <laughs> I'm going to go for a piss at the North Pole. And I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write Harry with it. Spare in the snow. Spare <laughs> exclamation mark. The shark list. Then it was February. Oh yes, so, it's February. What happened in February? Well, February we had the Brits. Oh yes, lovely. I we love loved the Brits. Brits. We love to see all the famous musicians doing amazing things. I like to see them on the red carpet. On the red carpet. On the carpet well, rouge. Well, on the carpet of red this year. Yes, we had Sam Smith. <gasps> Sam Smith. So, Sam beautiful Smith. musician, beautiful musician. Amazing. Lovely songs. Amazing. Sam Smith turned up because Sam Smith was nominated. Oh, uh, yeah. Quite rightly. Very talented person. Yeah. Um, and was nominated for the best R&B act. Oh, and lovely. the best song for Unholy. I mean, oh. cracker, cracker Jack track. Turned up to the awards wearing... Well, I don't quite know how you describe it. It's shiny. Yeah. It's black. Yeah. It's kind of like someone's taken a bicycle pump <laughs> to it. Or, I mean... It's, it's, it's... I mean, this, I'm, I'm just going to go there and say it. It's inflatable. It's inflatable. It's inflated. It looks a little bit like somebody has cuffed Sam's ankles and they've blown off into the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's expanded in quite an extraordinary way. The outfit was designed by somebody called Harry Krishnan and was rumoured to cost £4,000. I mean, that's a lot of money for people to laugh at you. <laughs> I would never laugh at. I'd I, never laugh at Sam I just Smith. think I might be able to dress you differently. Do you remember in the back of Bunty magazine you yes. get the you get the paper dolls Close and you with could, tabs. You could yes. post the tabs, you could put them on. That's a great <gasps> idea. I'm gonna do a range of outfits and we can dress Sam Smith. For the Brits. Oh yes. twenty four. Let's do it. Let's do and it. And then we can put it on at uh, the shocklist socials and see if Sam Smith likes what we've done. We're here to help We're Sam here Smith. To help. We're here to help. I mean we dress really well. The shocklist March It's March. Now, you know, you know who featured heavily in March. Yes, it's our fragrant favourite. The Archangel herself. <laughs> yes. It's, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. It's Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. 
It's very exciting because we saw the year before we saw quite a lot of courtroom drama. So then to yeah. see her yeah. in a courtroom yeah. was like, ooh, here we go. And actually, this was the best courtroom drama I'd seen, mm, to be fair. Because, you know, Johnny and Amber was just grim. Oh, car crash. It was grim. Wacka the Christie was funny, but we didn't get to see any of it. We just heard no. about it. Yeah, no. And then they had to do really bad dramas. But the, uh, <laughs> Really bad dramas, really by the way. Bad dramas. Really bad dramas. But this, we got to see. Also, um, Gwyneth turned up looking immaculate. Oh, imma- various, uh, various shades of taupe and beige. They, ca- they called it quiet luxury. Oh, and it was. It was. One moment, I'm going to shut that door. Do you know, the door is open. I think, I think that could be the ghost of... The door, listeners, the door opened by itself. I think it's Princess Diana. Oh, she's back. She's back again. She's back. She's come to tell us off. Don't tell us off. We're sorry about Prince Harry. Oh, yeah, we didn't bite his willy. Frosted. Let me um, briefly explain to the listeners what happened with this trial, because you may or may not be aware. A gentleman called Terry Sanderson, 76, retired optometrist. Mm -hmm. You try saying that after four sherries. (laughs) (laughs) Filed a lawsuit against the goddess Gwyneth Paltrow, Mm. sometime actress, Mm. and founder of wellness website Goop. Three years... After a collision on a ski slope in Utah, where he claimed she'd been skiing out of control and hit him, knocking him down hard, knocking him out and causing a brain injury, four broken ribs and other serious injuries. That's really serious. That is really serious. One of the other um, problems that he's had that was brought out in court is that he can no longer enjoy wine tasting. Gutted. <laughs> Genuinely, I mean, he was like, what? Why not? I don't know. What happened? I don't know what happened. So four years after the event, he sued her. Right. Two-week trial. Yeah. Gwyneth won. Wow. A a dollar in damages, which in fairness is all she asked for. Oh, well. She doesn't need it. No, and that's pretty elegant, I've got to say. Well, uh, elegantly dressed, Mm. elegantly behaved. Mm -mm. Come on, take it home, take it home. What was the famous quote? Bring it in. Come on, the famous quote of the trial. Oh, well, I mean, it was the most passive-aggressive thing I think I've ever heard in my life. I wish you well. (gasps) As she left. I wish you well. I wish you well. I wish you well. Like like she was going to lose a moment's sleep ever thinking about him again. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what she did lose. What? She lost half a day skiing, <gasps> thanks to the accident. Poor woman. I mean, he's got brain damage. Mm. <laughs> can't enjoy and can't his enjoy wine. his wine. <laughs> right. Also, something else in March. Mm. Gary Lineker. Yes. Big fan of Gary Lineker. Yes, me too. Genuine big fan of him. Yeah. This tweet about uh, the migrant bill... Yes. Migration bill. It was Suella Braverman's immigration policy, wasn't it? Thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and he didn't like it. No, he didn't agree with it at all. He said, this is an immeasurably cruel policy directed to the most vulnerable people in language that is not dissimilar to that was used by Germany in the 1930s. And I'm out of order? Mm. This what? is what he said. And we're not here to be political. We're here to talk about celebrities. So let's talk about the celebrity aspect of that, which was he was suspended from Match of the Day mm. and lo and behold... All his colleagues came all out. All his colleagues yeah, yeah, came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful moment. Yeah. Just proving that strikes work. We're not being political. I'm not being political, but... <laughs> In a really non-political way, with no politics whatsoever, they said we are not going to do it if Gary Lineker is going to be suspended. So you get match of the day, which is only twenty minutes long. It was appalling. Did you watch it? Oh, it was appalling. God, it was horrible. You know, I was probably watching Below Deck Mediterranean. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I watch match of the day whenever it's on. So uh-huh. then to have to sit and kind of just like in this eerie atmospheric kind of vacuum 
you know, just watch football. <laughs> yeah, and I understand because I understand that the matches they they showed the replays of the matches with no commentary because all the, the commentators, commentators were gone. Yeah, well, the commentators wouldn't commentate if Gary Lineker was going to remain suspended. Oh my goodness! So. And Ian Wright said, well, I'm not doing it. Alan Shearer said, well, I'm not doing it. All the rest of them yeah. who were then asked, Alex Scott, yep. I'm not doing no. it. One after the other, they were just like, no, if you're going to suspend Gary Lineker, then that shows you will do that to me. So I'm not going yeah. to play your game, basically. Good on them. Absolutely. They Good firm. on the lot of them. And good on Gary, who, by the way, puts his money where his mouth is. He took asylum seekers in. He took Ukrainian refugees mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, oh, he's, a, he's a good man. He doesn't, he's he's not, he's not virtue signaling. He no. means it. I know he does. You know, I'm, and I'm, I think, I'm all for him. Yeah, I think um, people get very upset about him because he works for the BBC, but he doesn't work for the BBC. He's a contractor. Yeah, he's a freelancer. Um, more power to him, to more, be honest. Absolutely more power to him. I am all for this. Um, and it is very, very, very nice, can I say, in all seriousness, to be able to, when we do this silly list week after week with these stupid people doing <laughs> stupid things, I love them, but quite frankly, they are mostly stupid, to be able to do a story like this, which is a good man doing a mm. good thing with a huge amount of articulation and courage and then all his colleagues standing up and, mm. you know, supporting him. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Quite right. He does do silly things too sometimes. Well, but... he does, yeah. But he doesn't. But, but we love him for that. We love him. we love him for all of it, <laughs> to be do. fair. We do. We do. We love you, Gary. The shark Well, April was very, very sad yeah. because we'd all been very excited because S Club 7 were reuniting. It was all yep. very exciting. Yep. We'd seen all the pictures of them all back together and gone... They haven't aged too badly, have they? Um, and then out of nowhere in April, Paul Catamol, yep. who was the very talented one that all the girls fancied back in the day. Yep, I remember. I do died. remember. Yes. This, very suddenly. I think there is a conversation to be had about, perhaps historically, perhaps not so much now, about how kids in bands mm. are treated mm. by the record company. Yes, yeah, certainly then. They were paid next to nothing yet made millions for, for Simon someone Fuller. right yeah 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 um and actually you know and i'm not saying that they are kids they probably don't manage the money that they do make as well as they might some of them some of them probably do mm. but you know he was forced to sell his brit awards mm. because he he couldn't pay his rent yeah. you know i mean it's just Sad. Sad. Yeah. And then to die when he was going to have a comeback where presumably they do have some degree of control and they were signing contracts that was going to give them a percentage of these amazing stadium um, profits that were going to be made. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Just seems doubly tragic to me. Poor boy. Do you remember when they went on, when they were still abandoned, they went went on Liquid News? Do you remember Liquid News? I loved Liquid News. I I loved it. And they, you can Google their shop listers. They went on Liquid News. So this is on YouTube. And Claudia Winkleman was doing an interview with them. And there were all these mutterings sort of in the press. And they were only mutterings that they were not being treated well by mm. the record label mm. and by management. And Claudia Winkleman asked them outright, who's got all the money? Is it Simon Fuller? Yeah. And the PRs stormed in and stopped the interview. Yeah, they step and, in, yeah, they, don't and they? And you saw it. It, was a, it went out live and you saw it live. Yeah. And yeah. it was just extraordinary. Yeah, they walked onto the set they and went, no, the, yep. no, you're not asking that. It's a rare and fascinating glimpse into the inner workings of a record company. Yeah, the, the, you see behind the curtain. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it was, it was a shame. Poor boy, poor yeah, kid. Yeah, awful. I feel really miserable. I think we should move. I on. think we should move on to happier topics, like like. <laughs> this isn't happier. This isn't happier at all. <laughs> right. We're in May. We've got as far as May. Oh gosh, are you still with us, fans? I'm oh. genuinely. So so spring is springing. Spring. Spring was in the air. Yeah. You know, everybody should be kind of looking forward to the summer and a lovely kind of, you know, like the best part of the year. Yep. But um, things just started to fall apart slightly for our favourite daytime show. Oh, I know where this is going. <clears throat> this is the fall of the house of this morning, oh, um, yes. which basically just completely fell apart in May. Now, 
When do you think the seed was sown for this? Oh, well, I'll tell you exactly when I think that seed was sown. When, when I thought that they dug their own graves, the queue. Famously, Philip and Holly jumped the queue. I mean, they said they didn't jump the queue. They were journalists. This is the queue to go this and pay respects. This is the queue respects. to go and pay respects to the Queen mm. um, lying in state. But rather than queue up with thousands, well, millions of other people, mm. they decided they would just take journalistic privilege and, and go in through the journalist entrance and do it that way. Which would have been fine because other people did that, I know. But I went to that queue and walked down it on the Saturday. And what I noticed were the number of elderly people who were standing there for hours, mm. veterans mm. standing to attention, some of them extremely old. Yeah wearing their medals yeah. that they had won, yeah. all standing and waiting in line. David Beckham waited in line. I'm not, I'm not saying David Beckham is more important than a veteran. But I'm not saying that, but, you know. No, but he got in the but queue. But he got in the queue. Susanna Reid got in the queue. Plenty of people got in the queue. Mm. That, to me, was the problem. And from that moment on, the press were after them. Yeah. And, my God, did they get him. There was quite a heavy amount of coverage about Philip Schofield's brother. Yep. Which, you know, it's not Philip Schofield's fault. No, but going to trial yep. and being imprisoned yep. on a charge of paedophilia, basically. Yep. Um, there was a lot of interest around that. And you could feel the knives were being sharpened. And they went for him, basically. Um, straight after that happened, the press just went in on Schofield about the fact that Philip Schofield was having a relationship, was having a relationship mm -hmm. with a very much younger man. Um, who was working on the show. Who was working on the show. Yeah. Had been working on the show. I mean, he, he was 18, I think, when he was working on the show. That's right. So it was five days between kind of all, all of this stuff breaking in the press and then he just went, okay, enough. Did he cling on for another five days? Yeah. I'd forgotten that. Really kind of, God. is is he going to, is he going to just be able to shrug it off? Oh no, hang on, I do remember this because there was all this stuff about Holly not looking very happy on the show. Yeah, they yes. had body language experts yes. analysing like, does she know, yes. doesn't she know what's going on behind yeah. the scenes? And so at the, by the end of May, it yeah. was all done. Schofield yeah. had resigned and he was dropped by his agents yeah. and it was all an unholy mess. Yeah. And he, pretty much looked devastated, yep. understandably. He, he did that really shocking interview with Amal Rajan on the BBC, mm. um, looking and sounding suicidal. Yeah. And, you know, we assume, we could be wrong, career basically over. It sort of looks that way. Uh, my favourite bit of it... No, all right, I'll go there. My favourite bit of this whole very sorry incident was... Holly Willoughby, who basically buggered off for a week while everything sort of like fell apart. Hit, hit the fan. And then bravely mm -hmm. came back, very bravely came back, looking a little bit shaky and started the show with this very odd speech that began with asking the viewers of this morning. I was watching, so mm. I was asking talking, me. Talking, yeah, to talking to me. Are you okay? 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 Well, I'm fine, Holly, but my career has <laughs> just been <laughs> derailed. But, I mean, from there, the whole thing has just, like, you know, hit the buffers, isn't yeah. it? And all falling yeah. apart in, in really an unforeseen yeah. car crash. I'm terrible. I mean, what was interesting about the whole of this kind of witch hunt, which definitely happened and the press were enjoying it quite extraordinarily oh, yes. well, yeah. was the witch finder general was Dan Wooten. Oh. And we'll come to him a little bit more oh. in a minute, I think. But he teamed up with Eamon Holmes in yes. a chummy display and did a great big splashy double-page condemnation piece all over the press. Yep. They just sat there and went, we always said he was a wrong one and had a go about toxic atmosphere at ITV and all of this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Took but also great delight in doing also so. Also did a massive interview with Eamon Holmes on GBBs. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, well, because Dan Wooten's on GBBS. Uh, Eamon well, Holmes is on GBBS. Yeah, yeah. But, I well, mean, you know, Dan Wooten, the the nation's moral compass. Dan Wooten really, really went for it on this. He really yeah. enjoyed yeah. throwing Schofield under the bus and said that um, he had had to leave this morning because of the toxic atmosphere <laughs> and he had stormed off in high dudgeon because of the terrible way that things were being run. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's a very, very moral man, Dan Wooten. Hugely moral. A few weeks later, it turned out, um, Dan Wooten was in the press himself. Oh, yes. Um, because the Byline Times, which is an online publication, uh, did a great big report that they've been compiling for three years and sort of brought to light claims that Dan Wooten had been using fake identities to blackmail various individuals into sending him sexually explicit images. And this report was so big that there were seven instalments oh my of it. God. It ran across seven absolute bombshells. He'd come up with these pseudonyms. Martin Branning was one of his aliases. Maria Joseph was another one. And these two names, Martin Branning and Maria Joseph, had come up again and again and again um, in cases of extortion, frankly. And he's not denied that he is those two people. Um, And there was sort of uh, I don't know. I think we'll just say rumours that he'd been paying someone within the royal household to leak information. Really? Yes, which was something that Prince Harry had alluded to in spare. But he did at that moment in time just carry on. He did. He did. That wasn't his downfall. That was wasn't it? his. That, that's later in the year, and we can come to that. In we'll a come to that later in the year. Stay tuned for more on Dan Watson. <laughs> the shock list. Let's go to June. Do you know what I loved about it? What did you love? Coronation. Oh, you know how I love a good <laughs> royal event. <laughs> Stick him in carriages, parade him down the mouth. Oh, That's what I want to see. And this was King Charles's big moment, no? King Charles's big moment. The coronation of a chap who'd rather be a tampon than a king. And his lady wife, who'd rather be gardening, smoking, or hanging out with the hunt than be queen. Those little <laughs> lambs went off to the coronating slaughter in front of a global audience are billions. But what was the big talking point? Was Remind it, me. Was it the crown going atop the royal head? <laughs> was it the fact that he was held up outside the abbey because the prince and princess of Wales were late? You know why they were late? No. Louis wouldn't get in the car. <laughs> That is true, apparently. They couldn't get Louis into the car at Kensington Palace. Oh, my... So the king and queen were hanging out outside the abbey, waiting for you. see, they scuttle him. Oh, Jesus. They're here, quick. Get in, Louis. Come on. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Fascinating thing. So Zadok the Priest, who doesn't love Zadok the Priest? I love Zadok the Priest. Processing down the abbey to Zadok the Priest, perfect. Was that the moment that captured the public imagination. No. What was? Penny Mordaunt's arms. <laughs> Penny Mordaunt's arms. Penny Mordaunt carried that sword of state. Eight pounds, that sword of state. Wow. For two hours. I mean, <laughs> she must have been honestly in training for that. Well, she said, actually, we all thought she was, but she said that she wasn't. Yeah, right. She said she wore sensible shoes. Right. And she looked lovely. She looked fantastic. She looked fantastic. Yeah. She looked amazing. Now, far be it from me to praise a Tory, apart from Rory <laughs> Stewart, who I do like. And I quite liked Ken Clark. <laughs> and John Major, apart from those few people. <laughs> Mordant. Honestly, mm. she was amazing. And a little fun fact. Do you mm. know why she got to carry that sword for two hours and she was no. such an integral part of the coronation? No, I don't know. Because she is the leader of the House of Commons. And right. so she gets to do that. She was quite newly made leader of the House of Commons by Rishi Sunak. Right. Because you know who was leader of the House of Commons in Liz Truss's brief but incomparable <laughs> <Who>? reign? <laughs> who? You remember Liz Truss, the one with the lettuce. <laughs> Vaguely, yeah. But you yeah. know who was leader of the house then? No. Jacob Rees-Mogg. So it could have been <gasps> Jacob Rees-Mogg. 
I don't think he'd have done as good a job as Penny Morden. Penny Morden rocked. Penny Morden should... You know they're bringing back gladiators. She should be a gladiator. She'd she be should. amazing. She should. She should be the referee. She should do gladiators ready. That would just be so good. That, In that frock. Oh, my God. It was amazing. It, she was amazing. Her arms were trending on mm. Twitter. Mm. Harry was there. Mm. Harry came over briefly, like a 24-hour visit yep. for the coronation. Yep, yep, flying visit. Everybody was like, all eyes will be on Harry. Mm. Well, except they couldn't be because they put him in sort of a, a, a minor royal row, stuck behind Princess Anne, who was wearing a very big ceremonial hat with a feather that completely obscured him in a perfect piece of palace payback. Oh. Stick him behind a hat. Oh. The shock list. July. July, was, July is traditionally a quiet month and so it proved. Yes. Should we just talk about Barbie? Well, I mean, nobody talks about anything else there but Barbie. There was nothing to talk about. There was about. nothing else to talk about. Barbie. It was... Now, I never had a Barbie. Did you have a Barbie? No, I had Cindy's. Uh, well, I mean, the British version of Yeah. Um, but I didn't have a Barbie. I, no, I didn't have a Barbie. Never saw the point in Barbie. Really have never been a Barbie fan ever. Don't like the colour pink. Don't like anything nope. around Barbie gotcha. at all. Gotcha, 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 hate. I um, took my kids to see the film thinking... That it was going to be a bit like the cartoon version. Have you ever seen that? No. Which is quietly sort of for the adults funny. Right. There's always kind of, you know, it's played straight so that yep. the kids can enjoy it. Yep. But there's always something else there's going something, on. Yeah. Like Panto. Yes, basically. Yes, exactly that. So, um, so there'll be like, it's Barbie's birthday. And then every now and then people will go, how old is she? Hang on a minute. She was a doctor, so that's seven years in training. And then they're trying to do the maths to work out how old Barbie must be. So I was thinking, oh, this will be fun. This will be great. You know, kind of, we'll go and see this. And my seven-year-old boy will really enjoy it because he loved the Barbie series when he was little. Oh, it was so much more than that. Oh, God. I was taken completely unawares and I loved it. I've seen it twice. Have you really? I saw it at the cinema twice. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I went with my godsons and then I took my niece. Right. Oh, were there different reactions? No, we just absolutely, absolutely loved it. Loved it. <laughs> just oh, it was brilliant. It was so good. Mm. It was so funny. All hail Queen Margot Robbie, who was they were yeah. all brilliant. Yeah, they she were. was brilliant. But also Ryan Gosling, yeah, taking the blandest part known to man. <laughs> underplaying it yeah. and walking away with that film. <laughs> oh, no. Unbelievable. It's so, it's so ironic in a film about oh. new, new feminism that a man walks well, off in the true. film. But however, I loved it. I, oh, I loved God. I'd never really thought anything about him no. before. No. My God, do I love him now. I thought it was going to be an absolute disaster. I thought, what is Greta Gerwig thinking of? What is Margot Robbie thinking of? What is Ryan Gosling thinking of? Oh, it was just joyful. It it's was fantastic. Just fab. Everything about it. It was funny and it was sweet and it was heartfelt and it was a rallying cry. I saw it in a very small cinema and um, there was uh, some woman who, um, at regular intervals, whenever there was something sort of slightly, you know, right on about the girls, yeah. would go ha very loudly. And then I realised it was me. <laughs> the shock list. Let's talk about Lizzo in August. <laughs> Turns out she's a bit of a wanker. This is. I was so gutted when this came out. So I watched her on Glastonbury. Absolutely stormed it. She was phenomenal. She was absolutely jaw-droppingly brilliant. Now I'm going to let you into a little secret. Go on. I wasn't entirely sure who Lizzo was. I'm just going to put that up. Much like Cardi B. You know, the flute she's lady. Me by. <laughs> she plays the flute. Oh, she does play the she flute. She plays the flute. Yeah, she does. But I didn't, I didn't massively know who she was. So I've had to learn quickly for <laughs> today. Right, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the first thing I've learned about Lizzo is that I don't much care for her. <laughs> I love her music. I re and, you know, I thought it was all really body positive and kind of, you know, really That's like... nonsense, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it turns out. Three of her dancers have filed a lawsuit at the LA Superior Court, as opposed to the Inferior Court, <laughs> accusing the singer, who, by the way, it's worth mentioning, has built her entire career, from what I can tell, um, into sort of being in very inclusive... Yep. Everybody welcome. Everybody welcome. Yep. Um, 
And apparently these dancers have filed these lawsuits saying that she's been calling attention to dancers' weight, berating and firing dancers for their weight. Um, they have also accused of a sexual harassment after she took these dancers to a strip club and pressured them to touch one of the performers. But it just seems so weird. Yeah. Because she seems to be, she on, on the surface, she seems to be a very positive person. Yeah. And this is not a positive story. Maybe she isn't what she seems. I would find that really disappointing. You know, much is often said about, you know, that she's overweight and this, that and the other. Well, she does two hour sets in heels, doesn't stop dancing and plays the flute right. without ever. I mean, you play the flute. I did play the flute. There you go. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult, right? It's, um, not, it's not easy. So there you go. In high heels and dancing and all of that. I couldn't do that. On stage. You no. know, I mean, she's not unfit. I never danced and fluted at the same time. Well, here's an aim for 24. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, I've been looking for a New Year's resolution. <laughs> this is something we need to bring. The shock list. Let's do this really quickly. Mm. September. Russell Brand. Historic accusations of sexual harassment and abuse. This all came out in a Channel 4 documentary, which appeared to be extremely well-researched. Um, and there's been more allegations since, but, you know... It, it, was the, it was the way that he responded. It was the fact that he said they're trying to shut me down because I'm yeah. getting too close to the truth. And what it's the truth is that? A, the establishment are trying to shut him down. It's like Russell Brand, your father-in-law is a multi-millionaire. You live in a huge house in Henley. Yeah. You're a white man with an awful lot of privilege. Yeah. You are the establishment. Yeah. My favourite story of the year also happened in September. Mm. This is my favourite story. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West. Oh, here we go. And his wife, in inverted commas. They always put his wife in inverted commas in the press. Why is that? Do we not know if they're married? I, uh, perhaps they're just not really married. I don't really understand the truth of that. But his his wife, in inverted commas, Bianca, mm. have this very odd relationship. Yes. That sort of hit huge, huge, huge global attention in September, when they went on holiday to mm. Italy, they went to Venice, <laughs> where they were banned from using um, a certain sort of boat transfer company. Mm -hmm. Because Now, I'm going to tell you what the Daily Mail said, and then you can tell me what you think that they were doing. Mm. The Daily Mail said that they were uh, engaged in a lewd act which saw Kanye displaying his bare buttocks <laughs> to passing onlookers mm. on this boat, mm. while Bianca had her head nestled in his lap. I think he had pancreatitis and she was massaging. Do you? Massaging the pain away. Yeah. Do you think that's what it was? Yeah. That's what I think it was. Had he nicked her cushion and she was just putting her head <laughs> on his lap? Is that, is that what it was? The cushion that she was walking around oh behind naked. God. Oh my God, that was the brilliant. Streets of that Italy. was on this same holiday. Yeah. That yeah. she they... got off the, their super yacht yeah. and strode down the promenade mm. wearing on her top half nothing but a cushion. She was holding this cushion in front of her boobs. <laughs> It's it's like it's like the disgusting version of the von Trapps, isn't it? Where she tears down the curtains and makes them all outfits. Bianca had watched the sound of music yeah. and then had just taken it that little step too far. That's it, what I think. Just got it wrong. Bianca. They outraged Italy. Everywhere they went. It's difficult Everyone to outrage was, Italy as but well. But they were so upset because, you know, it was just not classy. And it, it was and it was yeah. disrespectful. Yeah. The Pope lives in Italy. Mm. I mean, leaving aside the, you know, the the sort of fact that she wasn't wearing any clothes. <laughs> Didn't she have on like some flesh body stocking? Oh, yeah, but but yeah, nothing underneath. Nothing it. underneath it. But you know, I mean, they are known for their fashion sense. And then this woman comes out wearing a cushion. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get over this. That's what with, that was. What with her head. <laughs> With the top of her head. Uh, I mean, what? <laughs> Bizarre. The bobbing motion was the waves. Yes. Mm. He forces her to eat ice cream, apparently. Forces her? Yeah, I don't know where I read that, but I definitely, I either read it or I Is that what it. he was doing? He was forcing her <laughs> he to eat put, ice cream? He put ice cream in his, in his bare lap. So he had like a cornetto. 
between his thighs and she was eating the, the corn. Flake. Just one cornetto. Is that oh, what that was? Yes. Yes. They were reenacting well, now we've it. explained it away. Yeah, duh. We'd, then we'd know. Leave them alone. Leave They're them just alone. eating ice cream <laughs> in an unusual way. The shock list. Are you a fan of Lofo? Lawrence Fox. Um, October's big story. Now, what do you know about Lawrence well, Fox? Well, I know that he used to be uh, a pretend cop on the telly. He was Lewis's sidekick. That's right. Lovely little job. He, he did Lovely pretend, little actor. did pretending for a living. He did pretending for a living and, and I thought was good at it. Well, he's from a long line of pretenders. All of his family uh, was are pretenders. Was his dad James or Edward? Or I don't know. Brilliant. I mean, one of no. them. One of <laughs> Samantha. And... <laughs> <laughs> So um, he doesn't do pretending anymore for a living because nobody will hire him. Um, and why is that? He's got quite forthright views about things and oh. likes to um, spout off on X, Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, and on YouTube. Yeah. And found a natural home on GBBs. Oh, God. Because, you know, he fits right in. Yeah. Lawrence Fox doesn't like left-wing things. Okay. He doesn't like women very much. He really, okay. really doesn't like drag queens. Oh. He's the leader of the Reclaim Party, which oh. is very, very enlightened, and they keep telling us we must take our country back. From what, from whom? Who has it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a bit confused. Uh, from what I can work out, we have to take the country and put it back into the hands of white, spoilt men. But I wasn't ever oh. aware that it wasn't. I thought in, it had always been in the hands well, of white, Well, I mean, men. from from where I'm sitting, it's yeah. always looked like that. But yeah. I, I could really be wrong. Anyway, he wakes up at night troubled by the fact that we have no free speech here and that we are on the verge of being communist Europe. Oh, goodness. I know. Oh, we don't want that. So, in September, very quickly, there was um, a political correspondent called Ava Evans. Yeah. And she was part of a conversation on another channel entirely, about um, whether we needed a minister for men. Okay. Because male suicide continues to be such a massive problem right. in this country. And yeah. it is. And it is, yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. And Ava Evans dared to posit that maybe, rather than a minister for men, mm -hmm. perhaps mm -hmm. we should have a minister for mental health. That would seem sensible to well, me. given that... I'm not of... sure men need a minister, but perhaps the global crisis that is mental health could do with some addressing. I mean, that's just me. I could be completely on the wrong track. You see, I would sort of agree with that yeah. because it, the sort of state of mental health in this country, especially for children of all and every gender, yep. um, all is in crisis. Yep, and absolutely. so maybe a Minister for Mental Health would be a good idea. Yeah. Okay, Lawrence Fox took this to mean that Ava Evans was belittling male suicide. And he said this on GB News, not on his show, but on Dan Wooten's show. Oh. He said we didn't need feminism 4.0. I'm not sure what that means. 4.0. Don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that feminism means. Feminism 4.0. Don't know. Um, but that Ava Evans was a little woman oh my and God. said, Show me a single self respecting man that would like to climb into bed with that woman ever, ever, who wasn't an incel. He said. Oh my God. And then. On, shocking. Yeah. Then on Twitter, he went on and said, well, he wouldn't shag a hyper-offended fourth-wave feminist. It's called free speech. That's what he said. Anyway. Oh. So, weirdly... He is cross, isn't he? He's very, very cross. Very cross. Maybe he's got a frostbitten willy. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> but he's very cross, okay? What an idiot. So he said that. There were quite a lot of complaints. Ofcom got involved. Oh, All good. the klaxons went off. And he was suspended from GB News because, Good. because of what he'd said yes. on Dan Wooten's show. Yeah, um, Dan Wooten laughed along and Dan Wooten was suspended. Oh, that's a shame. Well, it was really interesting because Lawrence said, who'd want to shag that? And he just laughed. So in October, after that had happened at the end of September, Foxy kept broadcasting yep. from his own house, yes. saying um, that he thought that everybody should vandalise the ULES cameras and that he had an angle grinder. <laughs> right? <laughs> then he got very upset in October because the police turned to <laughs> and arrested him on suspicion of conspiring to commit criminal damage and encouraging or assisting offences to be committed. He was outraged. Outraged. Go police. Because apparently, apparently that free speech, yeah, but your free speech has been criminal. Yeah. <laughs> so now they can turn up and seize your assets and arrest you. Which I is exactly see. what happened. So, you know, karma's a bitch, Lawrence. We'll just say that. Yeah. Maybe karma is a feminist 4.0. Yes. Maybe. Don't know. So he got sacked off GBBs. Shame. 
shame. Oh, it does sound a shame, doesn't mm. it? Dan Wooten also got sacked off GBBs. Oh, that's a shame. Which, given all of these other things about blackmail rumbling on in the background, yes. they took that opportunity to, <laughs> to, to, sack, to, him to sack him. Yeah, good. And, and he's been in the wilderness ever since. It's so sad. Oh, that How is... we miss him. Oh. Yeah, shocking. Brilliant. Some more stuff in October. Of course, this was the month when you were no one and nothing if you weren't either telling all in a celebrity me- a memoir or telling all on one of the streamers. Mm. So we had Britney's memoir. Oh, uh, man. Which we all know a huge amount about, I know. So let's do it quickly. You know, she was basically held prisoner for 13 years by her own father. Which is terrible. Uh, with the um, conservatorship. Uh, she is now free from that. Um, her father was paying himself more than he was paying her, which is just extraordinary. She had an abortion on, the, on her bathroom floor um, while with Justin Timberlake, uh, which was incredibly painful, obviously, and she wanted to go to hospital, but instead Justin Timberlake got his guitar out and sang to her. Justin Timberlake cheated on her repeatedly, and actually when all this broke, when the memoir came out, he had to leave social media for a time because you can imagine what well, the Britney fans were saying. Well... And not just Britney fans, just anyone. With people with any sort of sense of taste, decency and empathy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because she's been crucified down the years. Yeah, she has. She has. If you haven't read Britney's memoir, it is an extraordinary read. Oh, yeah. We have Bex. Yeah. Loved it, loved it, loved it. <gasps> loved it. Oh, I loved her. Oh, she was great. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. She was brilliant. I, and I thought, I thought that he was, you know, as affable as ever, and as honest as he felt he could be. <laughs> I'm not sure we got the whole truth. Not sure we did, I think, no. I think we got quite... I think we mostly got the football truth, because that was all corroborated by other people. Yeah, that's fine. Honourable mention, obviously, to Gary Neville, who I just <laughs> want to follow me around, commentating on all he sees, because he is just... The best thing. He's so funny. Then we have Robbie in his pants. Oh, Robbie. Cheer up, Robbie. Oh, cheer up, Cheer Robbie. up, Robbie. Um, and, of course, we had Colleen Rooney. That I loved. Oh, love telling the story of Wagatha Christie. Oh, I oh thought, she was brilliant. She was brilliant. I thought it was brilliantly filmed. I thought Wayne was hilarious. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> I loved her lawyers. Loved her lawyers. I loved the lawyer just going, now, listen, if she'd come to us in the first place. Yeah. We would have said, well, you can do this and you can do that and you can do this. We would never have thought of laying the trap that she laid. It was amazing. It was like a proper hats off from the lawyers. She should honestly go into MI5. (laughs) Maybe she is. And finally, of course, there was, you know, a bit of reality TV in October because um, this was a story from the Kardashians and it was an event that had actually happened in May. But of course, it didn't hit our screens until October, which was... Kim Kardashian. I've called this Kim Kardashian and the hissy pussy. (laughs) I didn't know what else to call it. Kim wanted to take the late Karl Lagerfeld's much-treasured cat, Choupette, who I believe inherited much of the designer's fortune. Fortune, Mm. That's a rich pussy. It's a very rich pussy. Wanted to take Choupette uh, to the Met Gala. Because, as we know, this year's Met Gala was dedicated to mm. uh, Karl Lagerfeld. Mm-hmm. The cat, Choupette, <laughs> had other ideas. <laughs> um, Kim was instructed by Choupette's handlers and the Karl Lagerfeld estate that she had to fly to Paris, to gay Paris, to meet Choupette, mm. to, to be given the once over, frankly. Because if Choupette didn't like her, then Kim was not taking Choupette as her date. To the Met Gala. I mean, I know there's so many things wrong with what I just said. Who takes a bloody cat to a party? Who flies to Paris to meet a cat oh, to be vetted by I a mean, cat? It's just, it's sometimes celebrity <laughs> is it's... just brilliant, isn't it? So anyway, Choupette took an instant dislike to Kim <laughs> and hissed throughout the meeting, meaning that Kim was not permitted to take Choupette as her date to the Met Gala. Meow. Choupette is clearly a cat of infinite taste. (laughs) 
It's ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Ever. Isn't it brilliant? The shock list. November is the month for reality TV. We get Strictly. Oh, I love Strictly. We get I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Oh, yes. Now the person that everybody was getting very innovated about going into the jungle. Yep. Was of course Nigel Farage. Oh God. Um. Yeah. Quite. And lots of people saying, "Well, that's it. I'm not watching." Okay. Well, you know, fair enough. And I the did... viewing figures were down. Yes, they were. But were they? Because of him or just because it's a little bit tired? Oh, I don't know. Don't know. But what definitely made an awful lot of headlines was Nigel Farage's arse. Oh, his actual arse or just that he is an arse? No, his actual arse. Oh, his white flabby bottom was on display in the jungle as he took a shower. Now, we always have pictures of the celebrities having a shower. Yeah. Um, we get pictures of the ladies looking really pretty in their bikinis. Lovely in their bikinis. We also get boys in their shorts. Looking lovely. Yeah, they don't actually take their clothes off. No. So basically what this shows is that Nigel Farage had never watched I'm a Celebrity. Either that or had watched I'm a Celebrity and was desperate for airtime. Because mm. I think... You think it was cynical. I think it was a calculated move on his part to get as much airtime as he could for no other reason than to bring himself into frontline politics that's what I genuinely think well because he wasn't on it much else otherwise because he was no. too busy having a fag he was too busy having a fag and also he is boring he has nothing yeah. no he's got no conversation no he's got no social skills no he's got no hobbies there's nothing he can talk about apart no. from politics which nobody wants to hear well Fred tries to sort of goad him a little bit didn't he but or he told him he was shameful but um and he just sort of went well you know we're free now yeah. and sounded like Lawrence Fox I mean it's just absolute nonsense yeah and there's nothing to say but then, you know you can you, you when people tell sort of share bits of their lives Nigel Farage had nothing no no you know, no he's, he, but he's got a bum so he does t- have a bum. So we talked about that. But, you know, that since that, there are now conversations about there being a um, a sort of a dream Tory ticket of Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage. And I just think, I'd rather have Liz Truss and the lettuce back. <laughs> what? <laughs> the shock list. Let's end the year as we began with the royals. We can bookend the year. Oh, clever. With books about the royals. Clever. Go on, go on. Tell us about this one because it was a doozy. Okay. So this is the very funny little man. He's a funny little man, mm. Omid Scobie. He's mm. like a little pointy elf, isn't he? Mm. A little pointy elf. Um, and he wrote a book called Endgame, mm. which came out in December, and there has been much talk about Endgame. Mm. Now, we started the year with Spare, written by Prince Harry, and mm. we ended with Endgame, mm. written by... Prince Harry. No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, Omid has said that the Sussex had nothing to do with it. However, I would like to point out that the only people who come out of Endgame well mm. are the Sussexes. Who is this chap? Oh, so he's a journalist. He was a royal reporter and was on sort of the junior royal beat. So was doing, you know, report, was covering people like Kate and William mm. and Harry. Mm. And then when it became clear that Meghan seemingly wasn't wildly happy with her new life in the royal family Mm. he jumped in and made friends with her camp right and said i'll be your best friend said i'll be your best friend and wrote a book which she cooperated on right they both cooperated on called finding freedom right um now finding freedom was fascinating okay absolutely fascinating because it told the story of Meghan and Harry, as Meghan and Harry saw it, that yeah. they'd been very, very hard done by. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed with Endgame, and I'll tell you for why. Mm-hmm. Because in Finding Freedom, you had wonderful sentences like, you know, the couple would be on holiday in Botswana, their, their first holiday together, and Harry would be gazing out at the elephants while uh, Meghan perfected a warrior pose, a yoga warrior pose. Right. There is fuck all yoga in this book. <laughs> There's no yoga at all in in Endgame. Not even a mention. But what happens with the whole naming thing? Oh, of course. Oh, my God. How can I not have... How can I have forgotten that? So so the naming of the the royal races. So as we know... Yeah. When Meghan and Harry did Oprah... Yeah. They talked about how uh, a member of the family had 
uh, questioned the colour of the baby skin. And um, then Omid Scobie wrote this book and talked about, you know, the racism within the royal family. He talked about various examples of perceived racism. Mm. And then the Dutch version of the book got published along with the two royals' names. The king and Kate. Right. This is this is what was in the Dutch version. I'm not I'm certainly not saying that, that those but two that's what the, are racist. That's what was published. But that's what was published. And then they And f- how the fuck does that get into the book if he hasn't put it there? Well it doesn't, does it? No. And he's saying this has nothing to do with me. Well no, the translator writes... made a mistake. What do you mean made a mistake? And just stuck two names in. Put no, two names in. No. Yeah, I mean that doesn't happen. But didn't they have to like burn all the books? They had to burn all the books. They pulped <laughs> all these Dutch books. But it was too late. I mean it was out there. Yeah. There are two royal books this year. If you're going to read one of them, read spare because at least it's got a frostbitten willy. <laughs> the shark list. Now then, Emma. Go on. As a roundup to the year. Yours. Would you? Because we have been very good. Well, yes. have you though? Will you please give us your summation of the year? A summation, a quick summation, maybe over a couple of minutes. Are you ready? Ready. This is called Poem for the End of the Year 2023 AD. It's been a bleak year for our once mighty nation. We've got food banks and strikes and then there's inflation. With energy rates spiralling when my gas bill came through, I thought, Christ, am I paying to power Peru? <laughs> so thank goodness for the antics of our famous friends so the shoppers can report and then they behave like bellends. So much <laughs> do we love them, be they blessed, be they cursed, that I'm moved to immortalise them in a verse. Yeah. Where to start? With Prince Harry and his heart full of malice as he lobbed a literary grenade straight into the palace. <laughs> this poor little princeling, the world's best-known ginger, has proved to be also a card-carrying whinger. <laughs> Slagging Wills, Kate the Press and the new king and queen and advising us for frostbite, don't use eight-hour cream. <laughs> Though, to be fair, you don't really have to be a genius to know that this tincture will burn even the most royal penis. He got his comeuppance, a sad little brat at the coronation. He was hidden by Princess Anne's hat. <laughs> yes, our king got crowned. Twas a visual feast as he processed through the abbey to Zadok the priest. And the crowd shouted loudly from Runcorn to Rislip, not God save the king, but Penny Morden, that bicep. <laughs> there is no doubt that her sword carrying was so very superlative. For a moment I thought I'd even vote conservative. <laughs> This year you are no one if the streamers didn't call to say celebs. Here's ten million, spill your beans, tell us all. We got Beckham's life story, a tale that was twisty, and Colleen gave us her side of Wagatha Christie. Yes! And who can forget Robbie somewhat lacking in bants, goggle-boxing himself in his vest and his pants. <laughs> in the jungle we witnessed the architect of Brexit. Flash his bum, no wonder Grace Dent made an early exit. <laughs> oh, Farage, you're a fool and speaking of cocks. What is up with the former pretend cop, Lawrence Fox? <laughs> he went on GBB's just a chick he detested and then shared on Twitter he got himself arrested. Oi, Loza, girls are racist and fun facts we can share. 23 saw our Tay-Tay become a billionaire. And Madonna, 67, without too much urging, did a smash hit global tour, belted out like a virgin. And I'm not finished, Lofo, you boil that needs lancing. Let's not forget Rippon on Strictly Come Dancing, who, though no spring chicken in her 80th year, can still lift her leg up to touch her own ear. <laughs> and no badly rhymed couplets on fame is complete without a Kardashian. Ooh, what a treat. Kim bitched about Courtney, the nasty little hussy, but revenge came via dishiss from Karl Lagerfeld's pussy. <laughs> Apologies, that doesn't rhyme. Is that it? Is there more? What else will we sing? Well, there's Paltrow Shot Court Case, she lost half a day skiing. And would you rather hear Joey Barton's views at Pain in the Rectum or have your tea cooked and served up by Brooklyn Peltz Beckham? Or read Britney's memoir, recall her dad's arsehole rating or see Sam Smith wear an outfit that required inflating? And speaking of curious wardrobe decisions, Kanye's girlfriend Bianca caused a media friction when on holiday in Italy in a fashion all-time low. She stepped out wearing nothing but a well-placed pillow. And now the year's over, and this poem's nearly finished. A celebrity shock value is never diminished. So our vow to the famous is, when you behave badly, Verity and I will share it on the shock list very gladly. <laughs> so please don't stop the shock. Come on, give us more. We'll be back to pay homage in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
And on that note, dear shocklisters, we will be back next week. Are we going to come back next week? Nothing will have happened, but I think we should come back anyway. Oh, yeah. I said it. We'll find something. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can do half an hour just on nothing. <laughs> be the first time. Something will happen. Something will happen. Something's bound to Something's happen. Something's bound to happen. Who do we have to thank? Verity. We have to thank Chris for doing all of our recording and our editing. Thank you. Thank you. We have to thank Posh Dom on Vibes. And we have to thank our WhatsApp group who help us with all the stories. Our WhatsApp group called Not Corny. And they are Tom, Emma, Miranda and Jim who also does our social media. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you listeners. Oh, thank you shotlisters. And thank you celebrities. Oh, merci beaucoup celebrities. (laughs) For being absolute twonks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.